Here's Rowena Dooley asking Seoul citizens to report for duty. Greeting, greeting. Welcome to another episode of Soul Citizen. Uh, today's episode is called Back Game Backer and Future Investor. So, welcome to again. Today is uh, January 21st, 2024, at least in North and South America. And before we get into the topic, I want to introduce my co host today. And to my left, we have Captain Serious Fun. I got your name right. <laughs> How are you doing, Captain Serious Fun? Greetings and salutations, Ascard, Meg. The Soul Citizens community, super happy to be here. Um, you all have you all have tolerated my transformation with grace and a plum. Like, Some of us more than others. Like, yeah, but I appreciate that, and I'm great. It's glad to be just glad to be here. Good, good, good. And you're also joined by Yo-Yo Meg of Just Meg. I, I put Meg in as your name this time. How are you doing? Feeling good. Feeling a little less yo-yo. What's up? What's up? <laughs> so everybody changed the name, and I, it's, I feel like I, I could be changing my name too. Well, I'm, I'm not sure about that. We'll see. <laughs> you, you, so whatever you want, whatever you want us to call you, we will call you. Uh oh, already. Let's get it. Comedic genius. <laughs> Just call me comedic genius. That's all I ask. And thank you for the raid, ah. Victor. Victor, thank you for the raid. Welcome, Raiders. And as I said before, um, today's show is called an um. Game backer and invest a future investor. I'll change the change the title in a bit, but yeah. But uh, yeah. So this is all about understanding the possible impact of squatting for the two startings start and CIG. But we before we get to that, let's get into some like um uh well some back info like you know during CitizenCon twenty nine fifty three or twenty twenty three, uh CIG put out uh two couple of new videos. Uh, the Star Engine video and the Squadron 42 video. Um, I'm not, we're not gonna show um, the whole thing at the, at the time. It's all about three to four minutes of, of each one. There's a transition in the middle, but it's about seven minutes total. So let's get to that and then t talk about it. Here we go. Welcome to Cloud Imperium Games Manchester Studio. I'm Chris Roberts, and I'm pleased to announce we have just passed the major milestone. Squadron 42 is now feature complete and has entered its polish phase. To celebrate this milestone, we've gathered some of our core leadership together to share what this means. As Chris says, we've moved into the polish phase of Squadron 42 which means extra emphasis on ensuring things feel fun. This means focusing on the small and large elements of the game, such as dialing in combat encounters, but also looking at the feel of how you control your character or vehicle and making sure it's immersive as possible. We've paid extra attention to how your character reacts when in their ship so that you feel like an actual pilot. 
whether that's firing your weapons, taking hits, or punching the afterburners to get to cover. Ship AI has also seen huge improvements with closer engagement distances and more varied behaviors. And with our new precision targeting mode, the action has never been as close. With the aim now on polish, we've organized the project into self-sufficient strike teams, so we can focus on individual areas to deliver the best experience. This allows us to bring all disciplines together with a unified vision of enhancing the gameplay by seamlessly blending it with polished visuals, final cinematic performances, and our ever-improving technology. You didn't see the boat, kid. You're good to keep going. We're also dialing in gameplay features, such as the ship flight model, for both atmosphere and space, which covers master modes, control surfaces, and our gold standard HUD and MFDs. Our interaction system for both the world and your character have also seen additional improvements, allowing us to hone and craft environmental puzzles unique to each location, while allowing us to tell the story of the world around you. The military multi-tool is an essential piece of equipment for every pilot that integrates all attachments into a single handheld device and allows us to create really interesting challenges, including physics-based puzzles using our updated rope tech.
Oh yes, that was just a taste of uh, the Squad 42 and the Star Engine videos. You want to check out check those both of those out out in full. Go to the Star Citizen official Star Citizen um, YouTube site and look those up. But yeah, so uh, Cap, any thoughts about about those or any, what we did see or, or, or what you've seen before? Yeah, no, I I, um, I really enjoy going back to those videos in the main because they remind me of of citizen con and i had a good time at citizen con um got to meet the soul team members of the soul team and and hang out uh but in terms of the videos themselves um what they are is a reminder of how far we've come right and how far cig has come uh squadron 42 being feature complete that's that's a real status line in game development and uh, polishing means that we are uh, closer to release than we were when Squadron 42 started as a project. Um, the Star Engine video really makes it very straightforward to share with others why this is something very, very different uh, than has come before. Um, the tech uh, in and of itself, but also the integration and synergistic use of the tech um, with this level of fidelity in these contexts has not been seen before in gaming. Mm. And so when we say that, CIG has now made it easy to show that, right? Uh, for anybody that has the patience, because that's, that's a long video, right? Because there's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of features to that engine. Um, but, you know, yeah, for me, that's what I'm reminded of. Um, and there's a certain level of vindication having been involved with the project now 10 years um, just in my role, external to the organization. So I know that, that those videos mean something for CIG folks who have been doing the work, delivering, delivering the outcomes. You're very eloquent as always. Thank you. Uh, Meg, so what are you, you thought about? Uh, something that we just saw tonight or stuff that we've seen before. Thrakazak, thank you for the subscription. Appreciate it. Thrakazak, thank you. Yeah, um, as many know, I am not, um, I haven't been around Star Citizen since the beginning. Um, I think I'm going on my third year um, knowing about the game and playing the game. Um, but even even that being the case, that seeing that video at CitizenCon and just seeing even like old videos of what Star Citizen used to look like, how even like a planet that we take for granted, like uh, Crusader existing, how it was just like an image before. Um, it's just like crazy to see how far we've come and um, how far we're still to go. Um, yeah, that um, there there are some things in that video that I know. Uh, Captain said uh, they, they made it like straightforward for some people who may not know much about the game. Um, they, it was kind of small in the bottom left corner, but them saying uh, seamless transition from ground to space, that, that's always just like so huge to me. And I hope that a lot of people had caught that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, that's all I've got. Yeah, and that's a good point because a lot of people uh, don't catch that. They think that sometimes she'll come to the game and think that the backdrop is just a backdrop that's like yeah. uh, a, a wallpaper in the, in the background. Like, but you know, if you see it, you can go there. And that's a, it, uh, more more games are, are coming are coming on to that or turning on to that, but it, it's still something mm -hmm. relatively new. So yeah, that's a good point. 
as for me what about for I, you I, fast cart yeah yeah as for me i I try to choose a, a a couple of clips from from each of those videos that seem to be um, the most replayed, and a lot of people seem to get, uh, go to this part when they have the, the animals pop up, that's, and that's mm-hmm. got a, a a big cheer in the um, in the auditorium or the venue when we were there, and also the other um, replayed part is the face whale, so a lot of people looking forward to that coming into the game and and you know participating in, in, in those type of gameplays, so. Yeah. yeah, one of the things I like to say to people is every single thing you see up until the moment where you see the space cow, we do now, in-game now. And they go, really? I'm like, yep. And we do it the way you see it. Right? That's a good so point. So people are really sh- really shocked by that. But it, yeah, it's it's true. So. And that, as we said before, the, the title of this episode is Game Backer and Future Investor. So I wanted to um, put out some definitions like between backer or investor. So let's get to that real quick. So this is um, from nonprofithub.org. Donors and investors appeal differently. Um, so like the definition of a donor is drastically defined as a donor as an individual or organization that typically provides low-level, often sporadic financial support, support that is not necessarily connected to the mission of the nonprofit. An investor, on the other hand, is, he defines as someone who typically makes larger financial commitments that span several years. Also, he said that an investor is most concerned with long-term success of the nonprofit, uh, Rasmus said, and he differentiates an investor thinking in the following way. If you can't demonstrate results outcomes, then you, don't have, you do not have the right to ask for money. If you can't make your outcome meaningful to me, then you do not have the right to ask me for money. Because higher investors are more interested in your result, which involves improving the lives of the customers and affecting the real change over the long run, they need you and any organization into which they invest to communicate the impact clearly to them. Therefore, they do not want only emotional appeals, despite the research that donors respond more to emotional emotion than statistics. So yeah, I yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say, you know, this this springs from the because you wanted to also capture the idea of donors. So this springs from the nonprofit perspective, you know. But CIG as a um, as a for-profit concern, you know, uh, would probably we probably define investors a little bit more in a for-profit through a for-profit for lens, profit, yeah. Right. So the idea of an investor there is essentially someone who takes on some risk. Uh, with an expectation of a financial return, right? Yeah, return on investment. Um, right. Whereas, you know, a donor or a backer is happy to see the project come to life, but neither expects nor is any is in any legal position to request or or expect any financial return. Good point. Thank you. I I I I should have chosen a better definition, but I, I thought there was. No, a, these a are good too. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good for you know for starting out, but yeah. Yeah. Like um, so yeah, like yeah, primarily we are backers. Um, the crowdfunding, uh, funding not crowdfunding um page. So just five minute five minutes account, but not all of those are backers, and I think maybe maybe half or maybe between half and two-thirds, well, maybe not, but definitely half of those five million are backers who put money in, into the game. And some of those maybe just account for free flying and, and, and what have you. So, 
And, you know, last time I saw it was like six, 60, 660 million or close to it. So, yep. yeah, yep. it's quite, quite, quite a bit of money. So, yeah, Mullet, Meg, what do you think about being in a donor versus an investor? Um, I think with the, these definitions, I'm definitely a donor. Um, I do, uh, I'd want to see CIG successful and I want to see like where the project comes, but I've always played this game as if it were out now. So, um, yeah, everything else is just an extra added bonus little DLC to me. Yeah, more of the children says we aren't investors. We are not getting dividends from CIG, but that's the thing. A lot of people make that, um, Make, is are confused by that um, definition because they think of, oh, I invested forty-five dollars or I invested a thousand dollars in 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 ships, so that makes me an investor. I should have a say in in what goes on in the company, and that is not the case. <laughs> very very not the case. As a matter of fact, we will get to investors um soon, but before that, um, I want to demonstrate some other um differences between uh, a donor and an investor. So. Like these are some of the some of the questions that Rasler said uh, uh, they to ask. Like if uh, if someone needs fun funding, a donor a donor will ask, "Have you demonstrated the need for the services?" An investor will ask, "Will your how will your funding for your organization improve the situation?" So th th these are different um, my, like for frame of mind or uh, um between mm -hmm. um investors and, and donors so we'd have to go through all of these but i just want to give, give, give these an invest uh, uh give these uh, some, some examples of what it, what's the difference between investor and, and donor or backer and, and donor yeah. and, and there really is a difference in frame of mind right there's a difference in terms of how an investor will uh come at the entirety of the project and how they will reflect on the project usually each quarter <laughs> versus you know, a backer who might be waiting for a quarterly patch, right? And is is trying to ascertain the the dollar value that they put into the project in terms of some of that aesthetic and experiential return. Um, they are not um, uh, thinking about uh, a, a financial return, right? And nor are, you know, and and again, it's, it was a very important point, like in, in UK. U.S. law, where CIG is located across the EU, there are bilateral investor uh, uh, treaties or bits that that uh, ensure that there's sort of a mutuality across those uh, regimes as to what it means in terms of your financial, in terms of your legal position as an investor, right? So if something were to happen to CIG, backers are not going to get any of the money back. But, uh, you know, uh, if CIG went bankrupt, God forbid, um, investors could line up mm. as creditors, right? There's a legal status here as well, so. So, Meg, before we move on, I just got a question for you. So, uh, a lot of us here primarily are donors or backers, but uh, how do you feel about the time that you have put in, in, into Star Citizen? Do you feel... Do you feel like you're more entitled to something or like do you feel like more, more of an investor because you invested time in, into the game um no i i definitely still look at myself as that like i pay paid already for the game that i will continue to play 
um, forever. And um, I'm pretty used to video games where um, you're paying for like uh, either like DLCs or weapon packs, paint packs, stuff like that. So um, my like I don't I don't know if it's an necessarily like an investment, but just like purchasing um, things here and there. Um, I definitely don't drop like huge sources of money. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I definitely like th- this game to me is way different than any game I've ever played before. So I have way more um, emotion when it comes to this game, more passion. Um, definitely would be really sad if the game flopped. Um, but I definitely don't look at it as like they owe me something. Um, the money I put in is gone. And I know that. And I will continue doing that. But yeah, I don't know yeah, if that answers so, your question, but... No, no, no. that does. Uh, thank you. So, Cap, you, you have something you want to say about that before I go? Well, yeah, I, I, th- I think that, you know, that stands in stark contrast to the investor or the institutional investor, right? Um, a, a quick true story where the names are changed. The names are changed. But um, I was in a room uh, with a CEO and a founder of a very, very well-known... Um, television product um but he he was the head now of a public traded company he took the company public in order to get more funds when he took it public he got investors some of those investors invested lots of money and became institutional investors and institutional investors can come to the annual general meeting and tell that owner that founder what to do (laughs) right that's what they get to do right when you've invested a lot uh, we'll come to what the investment percentages are for CIG at some point, but that is a very different status than what we have as backers. We don't get to go anywhere and tell CIG really anything, right? Other than, you know, either I'm playing or I'm not going to play, right? So. Yeah, so as far as my response about the time I put into the game and, and the stuff like the podcast and stuff like that, I think it's well worth it, but I don't think that entitles me to anything uh, other than because... No. I got so much out of it, meeting all of you, going to CitizenCon, hanging out with all of you at CitizenCon and Bar Citizen. I get so much out of it. Like, if the game rolls for bed, flops, or doesn't Mm -hmm. come out, I'll I'll be fine because I still have the community to fall back on. But that's how I feel. Yeah, I'll cry a lot, just so (laughs) y'all know. I'll cry a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, it seems like... Yeah, we're at least getting Squadron 42, which was, I, I don't know if I'm correct. Um, like I said, I'm still pretty new, but um, thank you, MT Stunner, for the five thank gifted. You, thank you so much for the Thank five. you very, very much. Incredible. Um, no, but yeah, Squadron 42 being feature complete and coming out and that being what was supposed to be, I think, their main focus is insanely massive. So them still focusing or even giving us the Persistent Universe. Um, which is where we've spent all of our time um, whenever it's been available. I, I've Yeah, like we've already talked about, it's a huge W. So um, Squadron 42, us, like them telling us it's complete, us seeing the insane updates that we didn't get to see until CitizenCon, I think. I know they've sent like sneak peeks and stuff in emails, but seeing it in like, like played in front of us is crazy. So um, I'm sure... Obviously, knock on wood, we're going to get Squadron 42 at the minimum. So, yeah, we should, we should all be happy with that. 
And even though, you know, Star Citizen is still in alpha, super on, on, on planet, even though uh, a lot of us push back on, on whenever they say playable now, but it is in, in a playable state. It's just not in a finished state. So, mm -hmm. yeah, see, we, we, some people are already um, getting back. They have returned, quote unquote. I'm not, you know, so, yeah, people are enjoying the game as is and, you know, more power to them. I'm still waiting for some, some more gameplay features to get in before I happen. Mm. All right. So, yes, um, more about investors. Squadron 42 does have real investors, people who put money in, 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 into the investment of Squadron 42. And I think BBG, ah, uh, shoot. <laughs> that is fun. You can, uh, you, you remind me of this. So, you, you, you want to take this part, especially at the end? Uh, I'll scroll down, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but what I want to do is say that this came out um, uh, December 20th, 2018. So it's important to understand where we were in terms of the game development when this dropped. This was the day before uh, CIG dropped uh, Alpha 3.4. So 3.4 was dropped the day after this message. And 3.4, if you all remember, was... We already had Lorville, but this was the drop of the Lorville Central Business District. And real quick, that was December 20th, 2018. This is when this right. dropped. Go ahead. When this dropped. And so the day, the next day they dropped the Central Business District, including the Hurston Dynamics Showroom. Um, they dropped the Anvil Hawk. Um, and the mission system that had been, um, hadn't come to Hurston, came to Hurston in that drop as well, at Hurston and surrounding moons. Right. So that's how far back this was when they first made the decision to take on some investors. And so I'll read the part that starts with um, uh, as a result, as a result, we are building this is uh, this is Chris Roberts. He says, as a result, we are building two to, to Meg's point, two of the most ambitious games ever embarked on in gaming with budgets that are unmatched. Thank you for following. With budgets that are unmatched by all but the very biggest projects. Having a great game is only half the battle. As we look towards the release of Squadron 42, we have been acutely aware that having a AAA game that matches the biggest single-player games out there only goes so far if no one knows about it. The games we will, be, we will be competing with for attention have tens and, in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars of advertising behind them. Other companies in a similar situation have normally tackled this problem by partnering with a publisher for the marketing and sales of their game. As you all know, I am not in favor of putting my destiny in the hands of a third party. On the other hand, I don't feel it would be right to go back to all of you to raise funds to market the game to other people. Most of you already have a copy earmarked for you, and I still strongly feel that the money brought in from our crowdfunding should continue to go to the development of Star Citizen and Squadron 42. Because of this, we started to investigate ways to raise money to fund the upcoming marketing and release needs of Squadron 42. We turned away some approaches from private equity and venture capital because we were concerned about them fully understanding what makes our company tick and pushing us towards short-term decisions. During this process, we were introduced to Clive Calder and his son, Keith. 
who have both been interested in the confluence, the coming together of entertainment, with the ability to directly connect with an audience online. Clive founded one of the most successful independent music companies, uh, founded the most successful independent music company, Zamba, which was home to some of the biggest music acts in the world. And Keith is an independent film producer whose company, Snood Entertainment's most recent films are the critically acclaimed Blind Spotting and the Academy Award-nominated Anomalisa. During our first meeting, we got on like a house on fire, with Clive telling me how he wished he had built Zamba, how he wished that when he built Zamba, you could have connected, you could have connected to the fans of an artist bypassing the myriad of media gatekeepers in the way Star Citizen does, which wasn't possible 15 years ago. Keith and I swapped war stories about the film industry and talked about how refreshing it is to be able to utilize crowdfunding to create a project that normally would fly against what is currently considered mainstream. And so I'll skip down. He says, and so it's with this that I would like to announce that we have closed a minority investment into Cloud Imperium US and UK from Clive's family office and Keith's Snoot Entertainment for $46 million or approximately 10% of the shares in Cloud Imperium US and UK companies, which is a testament to the value, future, potential, and longevity of the company. They go on to talk about taking on outside board members. Um, and the focus of these dollars is for the marketing and promotion of Squadron 42. They say uh, the investment helps secure our independence. We may not have the resources that an Activision or an EA have to launch one of their tentpole games, but we now control our own destiny in marketing Squadron 42, especially as we have a secret weapon, all of you. So this was about bringing in investors for a very specific purpose. Um, it was to say to us that our dollars were going to development and not to marketing. And they brought in these, this amount of money, 46 million, and they've gone on to bring on another 17.5 million, as I understand it, yeah, so from I, this I, I same group. Right. And, and this is important because, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. This is important because in other AAA games, like you have the EA and Activision and, you know, the, uh, shoot, trying to think of the other one, the, um, okay, but you know, the, the different publishers, they typically invest, if you, if you have a budget of, uh, uh, $500 million for, for a game, 400 million of that goes, goes into advertising, 100 million goes go into the, the, the development of the game. So it's like 80% of the, of the budget goes into, into marketing and advertising, and 20% actually goes into the um, development of the game. That's typical for, 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 for making tri AAA, AAA game. So the fact that Chris Roberts or this financial statement is telling us that our back of dollars is going in directly into the development of the game, and these outside investors are coming in to, in, to invest in, in, in the marketing and whatnot, it, it's huge. It's a big deal. It really is because, um, you know, one of the things that really struck me about this statement was not just what you said, but the fact that they had other venture dollars come to them. And it was really about whether you got CIG as a project, whether you got these folks as a company, whether you got this leadership group and whether they connected Right. Um, that combined with keeping them at the 10, 12, 15 percent of shares should give confidence uh, that Chris is going exactly for what he says here. You know, now now we know historically that's been an issue as well. Right. 
sometimes CIG communication comes across as if um, what they're doing is not what they said on the can, right? Uh, but in this particular case, when we're talking about the money, um, I think this I think this is 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 a solid communication because this is the type of stuff that has to be reported out to the company house system in the UK and the SEC in the US, right? So right. we're not going to have it. We're not going to have any mess here, right? Yeah, um, and I, and that that brings up to a point that, that I made in my notes. Like there are a whole lot of people. No. It, it's becoming fewer and fewer, but there's still quite a few people who will say that Starship is a scam, trying to do a scam. Why would they put the game out when they're making so much money? But you have these financial statements, and like you said, the SEC in, um, in America, and what's the other one in Europe? Company's house. Company's house in, in, in Europe. So if you think these uh, uh, CID is pulling a scam, you can try to report them and you know and and and, and just, it, it would be illegal for them to put, put these financials out when you know they're not accurate or, or, not, or not proper so i mean i think people should be more careful when using the, the term scam for cig and 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 quite important too and before you um, go to meg just one real thing uh, austech in the chat is saying um, this is only one year's pay across developers. Would selling 10% of CIG be worth that? Well, it's not for developers. This is strictly for the marketing of Squadron 42, right? So that we're not spending development money on the marketing of Squadron 42. We're spending investor money on the marketing of Squadron 42. So, Meg, my question for you is, so when you see a Star Citizen uh, commercial on YouTube and it said playable now and, you know, as we just heard, you have a separate budget for for advertisement. Does that make you feel like? Or how did how did that make you feel? Like um, it's it's okay for 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 them to do that because they're not using backup money, or what, what do you think? Yeah, I think that that's fine. Um, I know people had an issue with them saying playable now, but um, yeah, no, I think it's great. I had no idea that this is how they were getting the money for advertising. Um, so this was like a really neat um, blog. Thank you, Captain Serious Fun. Um, I know someone else said that in chat too. That was, this is was their well, first time uh, hearing about this. Well, to be fair, like that is still advertising for Star Citizen. I don't know if that affects the um, the, the money from the Squadron Forty Two marketing or not. But it, it could, oh, I see what you're saying. Not. So yeah, but yeah. Go ahead. No, yeah. Um... <laughs> okay. I mean, because like how I've seen it, um, I've always felt like players were the advertisers. Um, we are the ones trying to get people to come play the game, trying to get like our friends, family, um, just anybody we know to know about Star Citizen, people playing, like streaming the game. We like I still feel that way. Um, I still feel like the best way to, to hear about Star Citizen is just by um, word of mouth. Um, unless like I... Maybe I'm just now hitting the algorithm to see uh, Star Citizen YouTube videos, but I, I feel like it, those just started like um, late last year. So I'm not yeah, sure if I've seen much. Okay. Wait, say it again? 318. That's okay. That's I thought you said since 2018. No, 318. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, 318. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I definitely, I, I love, 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 love. I, when I first saw that, I was watching YouTube, it blew my mind. Um, but 
yeah, I, I hope they keep advertising. I think that's going to bring more people to the game, more eyes to the game, um, more people to help um, back the game so that we can see for the development. Um, so yeah, however they're spending the money, I am sure... I'm sure, sure, sure there are people who know what they're doing and they are doing what needs to be done. When you raise a great point about word of mouth, because, you know, nothing, you know, in before you before you're before you're engaged with the product, you know, you can spend a lot of money on advertising to get people committed to that product or you can win through other mechanisms and, and, and modes, right? So nobody wanted a chicken chalupa sandwich the first time they saw it on, talk, on, on the Taco Bell commercial, but the, they, they, the advertisers go by the rule of 12, right? Which is they try to get 12 impressions of that chicken chalupa sandwich to you. Uh, and then the 12th time you're like, hey, maybe I'll go get a chicken chalupa sandwich, right? That is why uh, Super Bowl spots cost so much and advertisers spend in the billions, right? There's a reason for that. But it never trumps word of mouth, right? Because word of mouth functions both before you get involved with something and after you've been involved with it, right? And and so if friends, colleagues, family tell you about a service or a service provider, the trust factor is already there, right? And so you're right in that CIG. And that's why Chris says that in the uh, in the message. He says... You know, we're still not going to spend as much as an Activision or an EA, but we have our secret weapon, which is us, because mm. we are that word of mouth for our circle of influence. Um, and in many cases, they will not have the same type of trust penetration ever, no matter how much they spend uh, that you might with your friends when you say, come check this out. So, And, you know, this game is not even out yet, but how many YouTube videos about Star Citizen are there now? It's like a dozen, if not maybe, I don't know how many are produced every day. Quite a few are produced every day, so I imagine how many that come to per year. Not a word of mouth on YouTube and other social media platforms, so yeah. Uh, before we move on from uh, investing versus um, backing, and we're going to talk about um, different um, engines and whatnot. But this was just released uh, January 2nd, 2024, uh, Cloud Imperium for that was for 2022. And, you know, I, I thought that, that um, this is um, re related to the previous article because this is more up to date. And they say overall accounting showed the Cloud Imperium game grew again in total income of 30% on last year's record breaking annual performance. But this is also, you know, this is not last year as in 2023, this is for 2022. So let me make that point. Um, regular and improving game delivery with increased playability and stability was a key part to our, to our success in 2022. But unlike 2021, the performance was more consistent throughout the year. Also, departing from prior years up to 2022, the U.S. growth and income was higher than the rest of the world. And it's difficult to draw a direct conclusion for this shift, but the instability caused by Russian-Ukraine conflict and the general slower rebound of European economy in 2022 compared to the U.S. seem likely to be a factor. And it goes on to give you graphs, and yeah, so you can see that big graph. This is the, the year that, you know, uh, well, 2020 was the year when, when they first in, in introduced Invictus Week, and that's when they started having uh, um, twice a year um, uh, well, no, for fundraising opportunities with Invictus Week and IEE. 
So you can see that big jump in um in, in, in crowdfunding between 2019 and 2020. But you know, ever since then, it's been going, going, going. So you know, as of um, the, the writing of this a financial report, this is the biggest year yet. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have well, a, 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 the sources. Well, the, I was going to say the sources that we have external to the company, like uh, the CCU game app and other apps where we are tracking this stuff, uh, we're not that far off. They announced uh, 2022 as being 30% growth on 2021. The apps that we have said 31%, right? So for the last couple of years, that app has been within a percentage point of what Cloud Imperium has announced to um, London, the high streets in London and Wall Street, what their actual financials are. So um, it gives me more um, trust that some of these tools that we're seeing out in the community are in fact accurate. So if they are, right, because they have been the last couple of years, let's say they are this year, 2023, was a 3% growth on top of that 31, 30%, right? Mm -hmm. So um, just solid, solid numbers to, 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 to go back to Meg's point for, for an organization that is not spending a lot historically on advertising. Like with 318, as you said, Fastcart, just really starting to get that ad message out about what they're doing, so. And to be fair, I think there's been other commercials before 318, but 318 was when a lot of people started noticing um, the commercials. Yeah, that's before. a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I mean, it, it continues on. This is, this is basically, you know, if you're not used to these things, it's a lot of data and a lot of graphs and a, a lot of words. So we're not going to go through point by point by point, but I thought just, I put the links in, in the chat. So if you want to follow along, go ahead. But yeah, and to talk about, um, I believe this is, oh, this is a headcount within the company. So they went from 748 to 860 um, between 2021 and 2022. And so, yeah, and now they're up to, I want to say 1,100, something like that. Yeah, that's what we hear. Yeah, that's the last, the last number we heard was 1,100. Well, I thought that was interesting. And they opened up and new and offices. Yeah, go ahead. So I was just going to say it's supremely interesting as the rest of the big developers seem to be going in a slightly different direction. We're hearing about layoffs. We're hearing about redundancies. We're hearing about reductions. And CIG is hiring as if they can't get enough right. uh, devs. So um, I, I, I can't tell you what that means. I'm not an industry insider when it comes to game development. It's just of note that I keep seeing um, developers trying to look out for their friends and look out for others because Activision downsized or EA downsized or whomever. Um, and that is not what is happening at, at CIG. So, And that brings up, uh, uh, that's a good segue, but before we get to that, I just want to ask the people in chat. So uh, you, you all may not be an investor when it comes to a financial return on investment or, or, or OI. But you are invest invested in what uh, in some other ways. So, uh, wh how do you consider yourself in, in chat to be to be investors in Biden Forty Two or or Star Citizen? Go, so go ahead and um, t tell us in chat what, what, what your thoughts are. Because um, you know, 
and like I said, I, I'm an investor because of the community for, for me. You know, some people mm-hmm. may, may have other ideas. Uh, but yes, to BBG's point, uh, Amazon. Who, who's BBG? I'm sorry. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, but to Captain Sue's fine point, Amazon was um, laying off um, employees in its long troubled gaming division. This was put out November 14, 2023, so a couple of months or three months, but yeah. So, you know, 180 jobs were cut just to Cap's um, point. And, you know, as Amazon and some other um, industry leaders are cutting jobs, uh, CID is adding. They, they, had, they have 1,100, and they said they want as many as 1,500, and they got to fill up the building that, 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 that they put up and rented. So, yeah. And, you know, so Amazon is related because they put out Amazon Lumberyard. But in 2021, in July 2021, uh, Amazon announced the formation of the Open3D Foundation and the Open3D Engine, so O3DE, a AAA-compatible cross-platform open-source game engine under, available under the Apache 2.0 license. And they wanted to give game and simulation developers more choices to collaborate, customize, c- control their production pipeline. Uh, and they're also growing an open-source community with Linux Foundation and industry partners. So instead of Lumberyard, we became O3DE. And so I don't know what that means for the collaboration between CIG and Amazon. As far as I know, it's still ongoing. I haven't read anything to contradict that. But uh, yeah, so, and, and then, oh, well, well, a little bit of history. Like, I want to say 2016, I've been hearing rumors are rummaging around Star Engine, like CIG is producing Star Engine instead of Cry, instead of Cry Engine. It'll be a, a different thing as opposed to to, um, to, Cry, to Cry Engine. And now, you know, they had this big presentation regarding Star Engine, but, you know, b- b- before then it was like a little bit, not really official, but, you know, it, it, from CitizenCon, it, it really became official that they, they're putting out Star Engine. So, yeah, so what are your thoughts about People, um, this break from Amazon, or, or was it a break? Yeah, I mean, I think that some of that we will never really know, right? right? Um, there are folks, um, you know, interestingly, just as many critics of the project as as supporters of the project combed through the published legal findings of the discourse between CIG and CryEngine. You saw Lumberyard emerge and Amazon emerge across that discourse, but all the nuances and specifics, I feel like I can, I still can't get a hold of, right? Um, just that stuff was settled <laughs> and resolved, um, uh, and uh, you know this opportunity uh, to move forward with Lumberyard um, uh, manifested itself, and, and CIG has been taking it now. The um, when you look at in detail, and you all uh, can do this after the stream. But when you look at in detail the 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 evolution of Lumberyard and O3DE, it feels like the commercial intent of Amazon is different than the specificity intent of Star Engine, right? Mm. In that in that I feel like Lumberyard and O3DE is is a broad 
customizable solution. And um, the smart thing that I, I am imagining right now that CIG has done was to do the work that allows them to have an engine that, that is wholly owned by them, mm-hmm. right? Um, or at least majority owned by them. And as a result of that, um, and I said this at the time when we were out in, in LA, that Star Engine video is, is for their peers in the business, right? As much as it is a tool for us to be able to say, hey, when I said uh, that S, uh, Star Citizen was unique, look at this video, it's unique, it works for that. It's also a, they're setting out their stall for the business of game development and inviting people to come check out Star Engine to license for their use. So, I, I also want to point out that it's also a recruitment video, if you want to think of it that way. Yeah. It'll bring in new yeah. talent who want to, hey, you think this engine is cool? You can work on it yourself by coming to work for CIG and having, you know, and gaining experience that way. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Meg, you, I, were you familiar with, with, with Amazon Lumberyard? Um, they, I think it was when 2016 when they when they first announced it um, that they are, instead of they're moving from Quiet Engine to, to Lumberyard. Were you familiar with, with all that, Meg? I was not, and I am still not. <laughs> okay, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. well, yeah. So you know, TLDR. Uh, they started with CryEngine 2012, well, before 2012. And then, you know, CryEngine were having their difficulties. And then they moved from Cry, CryTech CryEngine into Amazon Lumberyard. And now they're going from Amazon Lumberyard into CIG, I guess, or, or CI Cloud Imperium, or Star Engine. So that's the, um, the thing. And, you know, there will be people who said, well, couldn't, during the 12 years or 11 years of development, they, they could have moved from CryEngine to, to Unreal Engine. Yes, they could mm. have, but that would have, that would have, that would have introduced a whole new timeline and delay that, you know, w- 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 would not be good. So, plus, because of the CryEngine, CryTech uh, fiasco, you may want to say, they managed to get some of the People who engineered CryEngine over from Crytek into CIG, so it worked Absolutely, out and they're still there to this day, right? Still there to this day, exactly. So yeah, so that is the a brief history. Or look back about Lumberyard. Now, people still use it. I don't know what the market share from Lumberyard is, but I did uh, look up from market share between Unity and um, Unreal. So if you look at that page real, real quick, if you're into gaming, you might be aware that Unity holds 48% market share and Unreal has 13%. And this was back in 2022, December 2022. But this is, like to be, this page seems like it's more recent. I don't know, there, there's no date on this one. But it says Unity has a 29% market share. So it went down from 48 to 29. And then Unreal has gone up from 13 to 16.35 million share. So Unreal is up. Because I, I, play, I play a lot of mobile games, and I've seen, I want to say maybe once or twice a month, you, you can't go, you can't go a, a, a month without seeing one or two Unreal Engine um, mobile games coming into the, uh, in, 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 into the um, 
the the um Google Google Play Store. So Unreal uh, seems to be getting getting more market share, not just you know in the PC console, but also in the mobile. Um, are we gonna say BB? Um, no, uh, <laughs> I, I think it. I think it's just important that you continue to raise. It, it's good that you you move in that mobile gaming space, right? Because as a PC gamer, I tend and I don't game on mobile at all. But mobile is where all of the revenue on earth really is. Right. <laughs> like when we talk about CIG having six hundred and sixty million dollars or whatever. That's like a day on Candy Crush or whatever. It, it is, it is <laughs> absurd. Or, or an impact. <laughs> right, right. So the the numbers are really huge on mobile, and so the engine development for me is something that we need to remember and pay attention to. So when we talk about market share, you go, well, I'm not seeing a bunch of Unity based games on PC. The game, the 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 money is on mobile, right? And so um, thank you for reminding us of that because. If you don't mobile game, you might underestimate the fact that that's really the biggest share of gaming is mobile yeah. gaming. I mean, by and, far, too. And, yeah. and you know, people like to complain, oh, you can buy this package for $42,000. People spend, <laughs> I, I would be polite and say, quarter of a million of, of money on, well, yeah. on, on, on these mobile games. And, you know, you think you're you're a whale, maybe a whale when it comes to um, buying ships, but you ain't got nothing on some of these mobile players. Let me tell you, <laughs> and absolutely not, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I thought I was like, so Unity seems to be decreasing and Unreal seems to be uh, increasing come to market share. But you know the the question is where to start engine um fitting there. So I have um a couple of uh, other um um tabs. Uh, well, let me just do this. Like the pros and cons of Unreal. You can you can see like the cons for Unreal is a pros for Unreal is ideal for AAA gaming. Uh, increased performance compared to other engines. Great toolkit. Intuitive blueprint and Unreal market uh, engine in marketplace with tons of assets. And con is irrational choice for simple project and mobile 2D gaming, but that that should be changing. Uh, high system requirement for advanced features. Uh, the need to pay royalties to five percent. Uh, higher entry threshold and more closed and less numerous communities. And they have a, a, another one for uh, Unity. Uh, da -da -da. Oh, that's the the differences, but you know, like the a pros and cons for Unity, uh, free for game, but less income less than 100k, uh, flexible and extensible engine, uh, many out of box component, ideal for casual, mid core 2D and 3D game, strong support for mobile game, uh, wide cross platform capability, solid SDK, Unity asset store, huge knowledge base. And some of the cons is expensive for license for game income over 100k per year. Uh, I think that I think that would count against CIG because you know CIG is making making over 100k in, in a year these days. Um, yeah. High system requirement for advanced features. Uh, they need to learn programming language that, to create an original game. Uh, no access to source code for a small development team. Less performant. Uh, no support link for stunt libraries, limitation for visual editors, and cumbersome and slowness. So, between 
uh, you know, you got to pick and yeah, choose. Between... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I saw there that the the Unity Asset Store doesn't have a lot of a lot of free assets. Yeah, that's true, but it has a lot of assets. <laughs> They're not okay. necessarily free, but they are ubiquitous. There are, I mean, that for me is if if CIG, you know, to to the point I was trying to make earlier, is trying to um, illuminate to the industry that that Star Engine is useful and can be licensed. That asset development will matter, right? Um, because as more communities come on and try to use the engine or or license it from them, it'll be about the asset libraries that are in place that um, will be part of their decision making, right? Um, you know, uh, we see we've seen that on the negative side with Unreal as scams like the day before or whatever. Um, we're able to just snatch assets and plug certain things in relatively quickly without and and create trailers without creating real games and gameplay. Um, but that's that's the negative take on it. The, the the positive take on it is the bigger the asset library, the more compelling the engine is. Just straight up, just so um, that's going to be important uh, if they plan on on licensing this thing out. I got a question for you, Mag. So, when you buy a game or, or put or play a new game, do you pay attention to what engine the game is, or you just dive in and start playing? Does that the engine matter to you? Uh no, the engine doesn't matter to me. That engine doesn't matter to you. So, like, do, do you care about what, the way a game looks when when you think about getting a new game? Uh, yeah. Oh, what do you mean by looks? Like the like style the or like, quality? Like, like, yeah, quality and like how many polygons or how crisp a game looks. Like, would you would you be willing to pay an eight bit game if if, if the, the game game style were, were to your to your to your liking? To my liking, yeah, for sure. Um, there are some games that pulled off very well and still uh, have good quality. Like, I don't know if Borderlands is a good example, but um, there are games like yeah. that where the low quality is like on purpose and it's just their style. Maybe like Fallout as well. Those aren't like like eight bit older. Like um, Duke Nukem, I think is like a really old one. I would still play. I don't. Know. Again, I'm young. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, definitely would still play play games with lower quality. Even like like Ark isn't even beautiful, but I would still play that. Um, I'm not sure what these engines are, but um, at a certain point, for sure, it probably matters. I just um, I don't look at the engines too much myself. I, I, I'm 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 gonna. Like a lot of people share the same frustration as it is now, but I I have to say, Star Citizen has spoiled me. Like mm. they, they, I look at some of these new games, and it's like this game looks like it's from 2000, and this game yeah. looks like it's from 1990s. Like Star Citizen has spoiled me, I, 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 and it's like it turned me off to to some of the newer games, even though they may be new, but you know the aesthetic doesn't appeal to me anymore. So yeah, That's fair. absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Games are like borderline looking realistic. It's it's awesome, and they just, they just come a long way too. So, yep. matter of fact, they um this is the, the poison card for Lumberyard. I have it up, so I'm not gonna really go to about you know free for single player game. Uh, that's a pro. A con maybe. Uh, they need to to pay for Amazon Web Services. I'm very happy required. to be here. Uh, John Shepard, thank you for the follow. Appreciate it. And then they have CryEngine. So evidently CryEngine is still available, I guess, for people to uh, play with. And, you know, oh, yeah. 
It is? Okay. So, there's some uh, pros and cons for crying then. Uh, free for the first annual income of $5,000. So, then it's not free. So, you got to pay for it. And, you know, so, I, I go through each of these. So, AAA level visual capability, solid VA support, powerful sandbox game editor, one of the most powerful renderers, good and clear documentation. Those are pros. And for cons, you have strong emphasis on shooter component, uh, fewer resources and materials than other engines. Uh, cool games require sure C++ knowledge and two steep learning curves for beginners. So, how do you think that would compare hey, for Star Engine? Uh, the Earth is flat. <laughs> Thank you for the follow. Love the name. So, how do you think that would compare for for Star Engine? Like, um, a lot of these kind may not apply, especially like the the, the free for the free for the first annual income of $5,000. They may not have that in their um, agreement, for instance. Right. They could they could take a look at some of these things the same way that you're doing it now and go, well, how do we position ourselves to maximize our own pros and minimize the cons to be competitive, right? So maybe they, they work out a different year length or a different type of arrangement there um, so that they're more competitive. But... You know the the foundations for Star Engine are are CryEngine. Let's just let's not forget that. Right. And um, a lot of the visual sandbox AI and animation um, had its had its beginning in, in in that stuff. So yeah. So I mean, it, 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 it's a good um, question. Like, what features in Star Engine that you think other engines may lack or don't or don't do well or do as well? Um, like, you know, you've all seen the Star Engine video. Uh, I don't know about the, the, well, I think the Quanta and the NPC um, features may, may be different when it comes to, like, Arrested uh, uh, Games. Like, you know, Tony G is, is, uh, is all into that. So I can see that be, be, being a pro in um, Star Engine's um, um, category. What do, uh, what, do, what do you all think? Well, you know, you mentioned some of it. Um, if you need to use all the features and all the library in Unity, you got to pay for the whole package, right? Uh, and that can become very expensive. Um, it's why there's an increasing gap between, um, you know, and you know this, you know this better than I do, um, but my kids know it on mobile. Um, between big developments and small indie pieces, there's an increasing gap uh, because these these libraries, um, these uh, uh, feature sets, uh, when the engine prices itself so that uh, and positions itself so that you've got to get the whole feature set in order to do all the stuff you want to do, whether it's render to texture or buffer support and all that other stuff, uh, it becomes very expensive, um, and so. Uh, that's a con that um, can be overcome if CIG markets its engine uh, by where it positions itself in the marketplace, right? Um, the um, uh, Unreal, um, uh, particularly, particularly Unreal Engine 5, um, did not, as I understood it, and uh, the chat can correct me if I'm wrong, or the panelists can correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that Unreal Engine 5 was not as good out of the box at that 64-bit coordinate stuff and big galactic spaces as Star Engine is right now. So I think part of the reason why they showed the distance traveled in the published video mm. 
um, is to show how well it does that, right? How it goes from the grand of it all to the detailed and the small. Um, because other engines that are out there right now don't do that as well, right? Um, so uh, that's, a, that's a weakness uh, of um, Unreal Engine. Um, so yeah. Uh, Meg, all right. I am very happy and to be here. Autumn, uh, 0729, thank you for the follow. So Meg, as someone who, uh, both of us are not really into the business, so I'm really heavy in, into stories then. Um, do you think that, um, how niche of a market do you think that Starnington will be for, for, for them to make an impact on, on, on a market share? Like, I, I'm asking, like, the, uh, uh, how popular do you think Starnington could be, knowing what, what we know, what, what we've seen from the Starnington video? Um, extremely. Uh, is this something that would be purchasable for other people to use, like Unreal Engine? Is that how they're trying to market it eventually? Uh, we don't know. That's, quite That's okay. how we're imagining. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if they're showcasing these things that no other thing can do as, I mean, at all or as well, um, yeah, like, it's it's going to be huge if they plan on allowing other people to use it. So like, and if they don't, then... Like, we're buckling here. We're right. here. Do, do, like com compared to Unreal Engine, like you say, Unreal Engine has like thirteen to sixteen percent of the market share. It'll take a few years, but how how high do you think uh, Star Engine w w will get, or do you think it's too niche? Um, I guess. Yeah, I mean, do you think it would depend on the marketing? Um, that's yeah. probably <laughs> going to be the next year or two with Squadron Forty Two coming out. Or no, would that do, or does that have something only to do with Squadron, sorry, I almost said Squadron again, um, the Persistent Universe, or does this have to do with Squadron 42 as well? Both. Like, is uh, this, well, I, I, are they like, using... Like, like I would imagine when Squadron 42 comes out, people mm -hmm. will become more interested in, in the engine, so that'll be that, yeah, their I, own marketing or advertisement. Yeah, I would hope that it gets way less niche um, when that, when Squadron 42 comes out, um, especially we talked already um, previously about how much advertising money that they do have and potentially they could have more. Um, I'm sure the advertising is going to go off the wall. With yeah, 22. listen, listen. If they get 3% of market share, right? If they get 2% of market share, if they get one or two steps in market share for game engines, the licensing for that will fund lots of what they want to do. Right when it comes to successive sequels to Squadron Forty Two, when it comes to the real scale of staffing that they will need to build out beyond five or ten systems, um, they don't need to. They don't need to go to ten percent market share or anything like that. Mm -hmm. If they just get a toehold and a foothold with <laughs> licensing. Um, that will generate really meaningful income in the license and in the ongoing licensure, right? So, okay, uh, we're almost to the end of the show, but I just wanted to um, have a, a Q&A other than Yo-Yo Make Joke Band. Uh, so this is from <laughs> this is from the Earth is Flat. A great name, by the way. I, and I know it's a parody name, but it's still a great name. Um, their question is. 
Would you feel like, uh, oh, ch- checking out graphical improvement to your Star Citizen on Spectrum? Uh, sure. Um, you can DM me or put, I'll put it into the um, Discord for Star Citizen. We can check that out and give comments. So, yeah, appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so if anyone else has any questions for us, go ahead and submit it. Um, you can put it using the Eclipse symbol if you want to. Uh, yes, you don't have the um, link. I'll put that in there real quick. This is our live link, but you know, you can still access to Discord by coming here. Thank you for that. But yeah, so yeah, um, anyone has any questions or any uh, final comments about um, about the be, be, being a backer versus investor or being uh, at the um, star engine versus the, uh, the, uh, the other engine? Well, somebody, somebody earlier had said in the chat um you know that they did see themselves as a kind of investor uh but in a different way right and and the language that they used was around this idea of um at investing in CIG because this game represented an investment back in them right and so um you know it it's been for years that griff and others have asked the community to be very careful when they use this language of investor because it does have a legal meaning mm. right but when we look at just the plain english of investing in something right like we talk about that all the time right right i invest in my children's future not because i want a financial return on them right but mm. because i want them to be successful right um uh, so we use that language in colloquial English all the time. And that's not to be confused with uh, this thing that sometimes people say uh, when they talk about this project and how we have to correct that. All that being said, I would say that um, being involved in this project is an investment in my well-being. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it has given me community. Right, that I did not have before, right? Especially fast card, right? Um, uh, comedic genius. I'm sorry, comedic genius. Um, it it has, um, it has represented a certain hopefulness in gaming that I had lost in the AAA microtransactions, uh, ultimate team uh expansion of gaming that just really turned me off uh particularly in its annualized forms you know um it is a project that is going for everything that it can and and in doing that it's created an environment and a space for those of us who wanted more or wanted something different or wanted to have at least one project in our library that was really unendingly, unremittingly ambitious, right? That was just gonna go for broke and just really try to do something special. And and I've said this multiple times on, on, on Soul Citizens, if every game that I played was developed like that, I'd be out of my mind, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, this is not for everything, right? But we can look at games that have come out recently it could have used a little bit more of that energy, right? 
Um, Forspoken could have used some of that energy. Cyberpunk could have used some of that energy when it first dropped. Um, <laughs> yeah, Anthem could have used all the energy. Right? Mass, Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of experiences we could name that could use more of that ambitious energy. And Baldur's Gate Three stands out because it seems to be replete with that type of, well, how else could we do this? How further could we take this? How much richer could we make this? Um, these are the types of experiences that we want in our lives. We don't want our lives to just be a game that we play in one season. You know, we watch people uh, fast run through it and they line up the developers to show them how fast somebody can get through their game in 20 minutes and then we're on to the next thing. That's great for the media, to be on to the next thing, but that's not necessarily how we want to live our lives as gamers. So I, in that sense, I am invested in this, in that broader English sense of the term. I am invested in this project because it produces for me um, the type of gaming world that I want to be in, that I want to see, right? Just by its very existence. And to your point, you made this early on in the in the um, in the stream which is if the game went away right now, we got some value, right? I, um, we got I some did, real anyway. value. I did <laughs> yeah. too. I did right. too. So I know I, I, get, I can get off my soapbox now. Yeah, There's no, thank you for that. Appreciate mm -hmm. it. There's a lot so of Matt, you want to get on your soapbox? Do you have a soapbox? <laughs> um, no, I don't think I have anything. The only thing that well, I, I, I did think about, um, which I don't know if that, it has anything to do with this, but maybe um, I am curious how much uh sitcom did cost them in the end mm. and how much it was worth it regardless of if they broke even or made more um based on like the viewers that they got from twitch like thirty thousand plus every day and then like um the big time youtubers who were um live streaming that their reactions or posting videos about that you know like we were talking about that but i'm, I'm super curious um how i mean like we had uh i think tyler posted on twitter like he's already hoping that we're excited for the things that are planned for this year's citizen con without even revealing um the location yet and <laughs> the hype's already coming back but right i'm super curious i'm also curious like how many people came to star citizen from seeing it from twitch um from citizen con um because there's just more and more and more word of mouth there and that was free well, I, to stream I'll, but it did cost them a lot i'm sure well I, i'll tell you this they, they did make uh, they did recruit a lot of people coming from the um the 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 citizens tracker on the on the crowdfunding um page because they they were uh, uh well it was a free fly around then i believe so i want to say like four three three thousand to five thousand new account per day around that time so yeah i mean i don't know if they would consider that a profit per se but um you know i think more to the point like citizen con may not be just about making money or or, or, or getting money from, from, from new players or, or returning players citizen con is just as much for the um current players as you know we get to hang out and and see each other and citizen con is just uh, for the dev developers to come out and just to celebrate the stuff that they worked on because they had to keep quiet for a, a lot of those presentations before the presentation aired 
and now that the, then they say, oh, this is what I've been working on. It's you know, it's, it's such a relief that I can finally talk about this. You know, that that would I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. That 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 was right. actually said. But you know, CitizenCon is just as much for the developers as it is for the backers, in, in my opinion. So I don't think uh, like I don't I don't think they're really looking at the bottom line when it comes to money that way. But um, I mean, but to but to but to, but to Beck's point, we I'm very happy the, to be here. Thank you for following. Thank you for following. Scale. Go ahead. Yes. No, I was just going to say to Meg's point, it, 318 and persistent entity streaming implementation was so difficult uh, in terms of the community experience that year on year, June was an underperforming month uh, because people were really frustrated. Uh, and it took an extraordinary October and November to turn this thing around. And in October, you know, they not only increased the pledges in the month of October versus the previous month, year on year, month on month analysis by 87%, 87%, right? They went from like 8 million in the previous October to 15 million in this October, but it was also a 16 and a half percent increase in citizens. Right. They went from something like 27,000 citizens in the previous October to 32,000. Right. So uh, it, 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 it almost made the project even at the end of October and then November on the energy to let to Meg's point of all the um, streamers who then started talking about the project and started streaming uh, Star Engine videos and Squadron 42 videos. November took off. But I think without CitizenCon and without CitizenCon being done the way it was done, um, I don't think you catch up to, to last year's numbers. And then the narrative that people were trying to hold from the middle of the year becomes more cogent, which is uh, the project's not making as much money as it did. There's no growth here. Um, we're moving backwards, right? Mm -hmm. They don't get to say that now because of, of CitizenCon. And I don't think CIG builds a rod for their own back. So if CitizenCon ultimately didn't make them any money, you wouldn't have seen the Tyler Whitkin post bag ref reference, which is we're already planning citizen context. We can't right. wait for you to see it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they would have gone yeah. in a different direction. So, and before we close out the show, I just want to uh, say one last thing. Like, you know, every I still hear it to this day, especially well, from when I started in 2014 until now. I hear people say, oh, we made $117 million last year. I'm like, what do you mean we? CIG made that money. You are not, you are a backer. You don't see a dime. If you see, if you see some of that $117 million, where's mine? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I just want to point that out. Final joke of the evening. But yeah, so thank you all for joining us. This is our episode 187, Game Backer and Future Investor. But before we close out, I just want to show our next show. Okay, so, uh, Meg, you want to tell us what's going on on, on Thursday? Uh, that's not the right thing, but go ahead. Right, tell us what's I'm, going on on Thursday. Uh, soul Voices. Soul, no, no, Soul Talk. Soul Talk, yeah. Soul Talk is, right is going to be on Thursday. Um, and it, I believe it's at 9 p.m. Eastern time, right? Right, 9 p.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. Yep. UTC. Yep, y'all be sure to join in. 
um, on Soul Talk, right here on Soul Citizen's channel. Um, it's a group conversation. Everyone's welcome. Hop into the Discord or be in chat. Um, so come join us this Thursday. That is your opportunity to talk with us about what's going on in Star Citizen that week. And then on Saturday, uh, well, I go, go in BBG. Saturday. Who's BBG? Oh, all right, let me go. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> so, so Saturday, we do uh, Soul Voices, and it's important to remember that Soul Voices will return next Saturday. That's um, Saturday after that, but it's February. It's Saturday week after February. that. Yeah. First week in February, correct. And that's part of Podcast Saturday or Podsat, Podcast Saturday. So it kicks off 3 p.m. Eastern Time, which is what, 8 p.m. UTC. Yeah. And um, it kicks off with Griff, who scours uh, the community discourses at Spectrum and Reddit and other places and brings to us interesting submissions for discussion. So you get another opportunity, the same way you get on Thursday nights, to join us in Discord and elevate your voice uh, and have a conversation about some of these major um, discourses in gaming in general and in Star Citizen in particular. And then at, at 6 p.m. comes uh, Paul Shelley and the Astro Pub. Uh, and then after that, the OGs of Star Citizen and Relay at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's Podsat Saturday. Podsat Podcast Saturday. And I got to give Cap props for saying elevate because I, when, whenever someone, whenever I need to be elevated, I need a ramp. So it, it, <laughs> if you could just use your voice to elevate yourself, get more power to you. And then on next Sunday, hey, there was no joke band, so you, hey, that's your yeah. fault. <laughs> next Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Comedic genius. January, Comedic genius. <laughs> January 28th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. ETC. We're going to do our so-called Mythbusters, Getting Star Citizen Story Right. And some people may recognize some of the um, <laughs> some of the, the graphic that you, that that, you, that are in the picture. I'm not gonna say any name, but I laugh every time I, I, I see it. So yes, that'll be next Saturday, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. GCC. So join us for that show. Uh, if you want to become a Soul Bro, Soul Sister, Soul Mate, Soul Sister membership has the privileges. Click the join button below on YouTube. Uh, thank you. Captain, serious fun. <laughs> I saw that. Thank you, Yo Yo Meg. Oh, Meg. No, I messed up. I, I still messed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, I have both of your, um, your information in chat. So let me um, copy and paste that so people can find you. Uh, yeah, serious fun. Tell us about your stream. Yeah, so um, thanks to folks like Abdi Johan and, and Yo Yo Meg, who are our soul team extraordinaire, uh, rating me on a regular basis. Um, I ended up a Twitch affiliate the other day, so thank you very much. Oh, congratulations. Uh, Y'all made that happen. Um, and uh, I stream uh, Star Citizen. We play the game. Um, and I stream uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, uh, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. And... My focus is on playing the game, and uh, that's uh, about building, building seriously fun community, whether it's space, swords, sport, or cyber. So past Mondays and Wednesdays, we've been uh, focused in, on Mondays and Fridays, we've been focused on Star Citizen. Wednesdays, um, Griff introduced me to a game called Chivalry 2, and I'm getting out all my frustrations uh, mm -hmm. on Wednesday, on hump day, uh, slicing and hacking 
uh, Admiral Kusanagi would say, hacking my own teammates, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, check us out there and then check us out on YouTube. We dropped our first long form video on YouTube, which is called Moonshot. And it's really about my argument as to how Star Citizen is really uh, the first AAA game experience of all time and why. So check that out of there as well. AAA or quadruple A? I mean quadruple A, sorry. Quadruple A experience of all time. I'm glad I watched your video. Otherwise, I would not, I would not, would not have known that. <laughs> yeah, the first quadruple A experience of all time. So Thank you for that. And Meg, how about you? Where can people find you? First things first, I just hit my sub on Captain Serious Fun, so y'all be sure and go there quickly. Get your founder's badges, okay, peeps? You have a short time. Go now. Go now. Support him. And you can find me on Twitch um, at YoYoMeg. I normally stream uh, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern time, and I will continue to raid into Captain Serious Fun every time that he's live. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right? Yeah, but... It, before you come see me, if you're not on Meg's stream, then you haven't seen what Seriously Fun Community already is, right? So make sure that you subscribe to Yo-Yo Meg. Make sure that any bits get dropped. Make sure that, that she gets all the support uh, that she's supposed to get. Because every time I'm on there, I just feel comfortable. It's like putting on a nice, comfortable coat that you've had for a while. It's just nice <laughs> to be over there and just hang out. No matter what she's doing, it's good stuff. So check her out. This oh, is a love fest back and forth. Right. I know. Uh, we'll really. I'll just tap out. We can go all night. Nothing but love for y'all. <laughs> yes. And for me, you can follow me here on Soul Citizen. But also have a little show on the people radio uh, called Flight of Rhythm. And we just I just had my 26th episode of Flight of Rhythm. So over two years now. Um, but we... It's a live show, so you won't be able to catch the rerun, but you will be able to catch the recording of the um, show. If you follow, go to that uh, Twitter account. It'll be on Mitch Cloud soon. It's not up yet, but if you go to the Twitter account, you should be able to find the last show soon. So, yeah, that's me. And Absolutely. For- Check Fast Card out over there. And if you haven't checked out the People's Radio, that's part of this community as well. So be sure to yeah, check that out. Watcher. Yep. Absolutely. And yes, you can follow us on social media everywhere, Soul Citizen, put an S on the end. Uh, you can, if you want to support us, you can buy merchandise, you can support us on Patreon. To, uh, have our information down below. Uh, make sure you hit like, subscribe, or follow, depending on what um, platform you're on. And I think that's it. So yes, we'll be rating uh, TV Liquid. So make sure you send, send them our love. And with that, thanks for everybody for joining us. Peace, love, and soul, everybody. <laughs>